Welcome to the Wealthy Gorilla Podcast, where we interview leading professionals about life, success, self-development, and more. Get ready to transform your mind, level up your life, and achieve your true potential. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Yo, what's up everybody? It's Dan Weston here, your host of the Wealthy Gorilla Podcast. I have a new guest on today. It is an amazing interview. Today, I am interviewing Evan Teague. Evan is a digital nomad. He is also the founder of Motive in Motion. He has lived in Southeast Asia for the past two years and he is doing amazing things. So I hope all of you that are looking to build online businesses can learn a lot from this interview. Check it out, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy this one, guys. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Wealthy Gorilla Podcast. Now, today, I have Evan Teague on the show. Evan is a digital nomad. He's been traveling all over the place. He runs his own e-commerce business, and I love what this dude is doing. So, Evan, thank you so much for coming on the show today, man. Hey, man, absolutely. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. I love connecting with like-minded individuals, and I feel there's a lot that our audience can learn from you. So check it out. Before we get into the podcast, let's just start with who you are and how you kind of became an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Yeah, well, I'm excited as well to connect. I'm excited to just share a value because I know we think on a very similar plane. Um, where I started, man, I was honestly just in college. I was just hashing it out, trying to get my graphic design degree and figuring out how I could do that because I know I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, from a very, very young age, my first like hustle jobs, like working in restaurants and, and breaking down loads and 5 a.m. of uh, produce and coolers and all that stuff, I just I was like, this is not the life for me. This is not going to be my lifestyle at all. I saw the people who were 40, 50, 60 doing that and hating it and just being miserable and living check to check. So I was like, uh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. That's that. Um, and I was like 16. So when I went into college and I got in, I was like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and figure out how I can use these skills. But I learned a lot of things that it's like, you know, the education base, keeping it really short, I could go on a million tangents, but the education came from the Industrial Revolution where it's just churning out more employees. So it, best, it basically did not jive with what I was going to create in the future. And I was like, this is not leading me to where I want to go, which is being an entrepreneur, having a successful graphic design firm, which is where my head was at the time. Um, so I decided to drop out. And before I dropped out, I learned from all these freelancers who were already having their firms and just doing their thing. Um, because they were, you know, very successful, making money, doing their own client work and, and doing their own scheduling. And so they pretty much ran their freedom. And I was like, that's very cool. <laughs> and so that brought me into this other tangent of online business and all these people just traveling around, living and making money from their laptop. And, I, and that just to me, as soon as I learned that thing, not even the digital nomad word or whatever, but as soon as I learned that was a possibility and uh, it just seemed like a perfect picture for me. So I decided to drop out. And uh, it wasn't just like a a willy-nilly decision. You know, I did a lot of research. I learned a lot about business before. I figured out which business I was going to start, had a plan. I visualized it. I strategized everything that I needed to do, set up income targets and goals to hit. But before, I just decided to drop out because I was not not creating what I wanted anymore. And um, so I decided to go to Chiang Mai, Thailand first. And that's where a lot of people were doing the digital nomad thing. And I was like, okay, you know. Digital nomad is kind of like the overplayed word, but it's, it's basically one of the best descriptions. I mean, it's, it's what we do. We do travel. We are nomads, and we work online. So, uh, yeah, I like. I think a lot of people use it for marketing terms and whatnot, but it is technically what we're doing here. Um, so I learned people were doing that in Chiang Mai, Thailand, Sa- uh, Saigon, Vietnam, Ho Chi Minh City, in other words, and Colombia, Medellin, and Bali, and all these cool places across the world. 
And that just to me seemed like the, the perfect ideal lifestyle or one of the closest ideals that I could make. And I thought that was so cool. So I decided to fully commit and um, go in on a one-way ticket. And I chose that for my life for this new path and revolutionized my mindset and myself and my, my business knowledge. And I was mentored by tens of different entrepreneurs who were very sharp and already had their game plans up and going. And, and I was so new to it that I just sucked it all in and absorbed everything. And uh, yeah, about two and a half years later, I'm still kicking. I've still made every single dollar out um, online for myself, my own businesses. Had zero help from anybody else. So I've been able to just sustain myself and uh, keep traveling, live abroad. I mean, I live abroad now. I haven't even, I've been home like one time. So um, in that time frame. So yeah, I mean, this is my lifestyle now and I'm very happy with it. I'm very pleased with it. And it just fits with what I'm working on. Sweet, man. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, so many different places you can live from if you're able to make money online. And um, you mentioned, I've actually, I've watched a couple of your videos where you've kind of gone into your story in, in a little more detail and how you explained when you dropped out of college that your family and your friends kind of thought you were a little bit crazy and <laughs> um, that it wouldn't work. And, you know, you, you just said you were going to hop to the other side of the world and they just didn't know yeah what was going on they didn't understand so how did you kind of feel when people were saying those things and how did you kind of deal with that well for me like i think i got this trait from my mom or well, i mean honestly 100 percent. there's no doubt but i mean she is a straight hard-headed person like she's just a, a ego driven i mean not in a bad way but ego like headstrong person who's like self-sufficient to just do what she wants and she doesn't listen to like rules or sometimes even laws <laughs> like she's crazy she just does whatever she wants and she's very positive and, and driven and i think i got that from her because she told me that i could do whatever i wanted in my life from a very young age and she said like if you can think it you can do it like she gave me all these uh all these positive traits to follow and so when I made up my mind to do something, I didn't really care as much about what other people were saying. And I mean, I, I take opinions from the people that I care about and I value and I respect, but a lot of it is just white noise and a lot of it is just other people's fear speaking through me. Um, when I'm trying to actualize myself, it's other people's um, dispositions to their own fear coming out in a reflection of themselves. So it doesn't really have as much to do with me as it does to them. And that was sort of the spiritual understanding that I kind of recognized from a young age. Um, so I didn't really take a whole lot of that into my ears and into my brain. I kind of just let it go in one ear and out the other. Um, but I never judged anyone for that or, or disrespected them or whatever for, for not believing in what I could do. Um, I just was like, okay, that's fair, right? You don't really know what I'm capable of, so there's no way that you can really tell me what I can or can't do. So it's kind of just like in my mind, I was just kind of like, oh, well, watch me. You know, watch me do what I'm going to do. Um, and then I did it, and now I'm doing what I want every single day, and I live abroad. And, and, and the funny, ironic thing is that after I did this, and after I'm fairly successful at this age, I mean, I'm just getting started, man. I'm not, I'm not saying myself I'm so awesome and everything yet or anything like that. It's literally I'm just getting started. I feel like this is just the beginning. I'm very excited. But honestly, dude, like when people were saying that, I was kind of like, um, yeah, you don't really have the right to say um, that, that I'm not going to be anything or whatever because you don't know yet. So when they do, or when I did, uh, make these things happen they were like oh wow after that they're like wow we're so proud of you you did so great you're you're so smart you're ahead of the curve <laughs> and all this stuff came from my, my very close friends and uh, my family and so i was like hmm, that's interesting you know because <laughs> the beginning it was not like that and um and uh yeah my parents were pretty supportive though when i began because they knew also you know that my mom i'm my mom's son and i'm my dad's son and they knew that i was going to do uh what i wanted anyway so it didn't really matter 
Um, so they kind of got on board pretty quick and they were like, yeah, well, if you're going to do it, you know, you're, you're 18. I was technically, actually, I was like 20. So they're, you're above 18. So you're an adult, you know, definitely. So you can, I mean, if, even if we say you can't, you're going to do it anyways. And we know you're strong headed. So that's kind of where I was coming from. Um, but then after I made it happen, a lot of people came out of the woodwork and be like, how do you do it? Or what are you doing? Travel online or you've been abroad or what, you know, oh my God, like, what are you doing? You know, or congratulations or I'm so proud of you or what you're doing is so cool or whatever. And, uh, it's just interesting to see that afterwards, you know, it's kind of like two sides of the same coin. Yeah, and it's, uh, yeah, and it's something I can completely resonate with as well. Um, you know, I was I was 20 when I quit my full time job and decided to go traveling um, and try and build my business. And it was the exact same thing. Like a lot of people were kind of laughing about it at first um, about the idea and everything like that. And now I kind of get people reaching out who I haven't spoken to in three or four years and they kind of want to catch up and they kind of want to say yeah. you know congratulations and um I love what you're doing and all that things kinds of thing but they weren't there when I was trying to build it right no. No. They've, they've only suddenly appeared once it's it's gained traction and I think a lot of people trip up maybe they want to do things do things that are against the norm and don't quite fit with other people's ideas of what life should be like and so they kind of stop themselves from doing it because of other people's opinions. So I think it's great that you, like you say, you got that trait from your mom and you were able to just kind of like see past that and still take in other people's opinions, but not necessarily roll with them, you know, not necessarily kind of get sucked into to believing what they believe. Yeah. So that's awesome, man. And obviously it's paid off for you and you're now doing what you want and living life on your own terms. So that's, that's great. So the next question is, for a lot of people who are trying to make money online, and we spoke about this at the start of the conversation um, before we started recording, we were talking about digital nomad scene, how it's, it's getting bigger than ever right now. A lot of people trying to make money online. What advice do you have, and it's pretty broad, but what advice do you have for those people that are trying to make money online and kind of achieve that freedom lifestyle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a that's a really like you said, it's a broad question. I'm gonna kind of reframe it into a different one because the basic thing is like a lot of people want to make money online. They want to make their own money. They want to get money. They want to receive. They want to take right. And everybody wants to get to that financial freedom level, which is admirable and it's like what you need to do. But I would actually suggest that you sort of reframe it if you're looking to make money online, quote unquote. I'm doing the air quotations right now. If you want to make money online, I would say go look for some value that you can actually provide. Because I never thought about this at first. I was just coming to crush it. I just want to make money. I want to get rich. I want to do this and that, whatever. That's how I was thinking. And that really stuck with me. And actually, it, it kind of kept me spinning my wheels in thick mud for a long time. Because I was focused on myself. I was focused on my own needs. I was focused on what I wanted and whatever. And the system that's economically in place right now, that's majority of the world, you know, the capitalist system is basically the trading of the value for the trading of money. It's like, here's some value. Here's some money. And that's how things work because the market will self-regulate. And so if the same if the same mindset pervades everybody who just says, yeah, let's make money online, let's get rich, let's make us amuse or whatever, like Tim Ferriss was saying, that's all good advice. It's all a good place to start. But there are so many business models you can get caught up in, like affiliate marketing, e-commerce, dropshipping, private labeling, you know, like consulting, client work, copywriting, graphic design, like go on forever and hour and ever, right? Um, so what you need to do is, is fix a problem for somebody, simply narrow it down and boil it down and filter it 
to fixing one problem for one specific person. And in business terms, that's, you know, fixing a pain point and a problem for a specific demographic or a target market. You know, that's the thing. You got to just look, look for somebody or something that you can fix a problem at. And then you see this is, okay, this is a, an underserved market or whatever. And, uh, you know, that's a whole nother like five hour conversation or something. But this is talking about figuring out how you can add value to someone who needs it or fix a pain point for somebody who needs it. And in the meantime, sharpen your skills. And then, you know, pick a business model and, and put that in there, put channel it through that. And um, so let's say you want to like, if you're going to, if you're interested in e-commerce or you're interested in SEO or something and you want to be, you know, figuring out how to get somebody ranked on Google, this is a very, very specific micro section, right? But you want to figure out somebody uh, needs to be get, uh, ranked on Google for their local pizza shop or whatever. So you go to this pizza shop and you think, okay, like you're not really online and your local is, is under optimized. So how can I go help you with what you need? And then you, that in itself is learning how to rank, how to, uh, <clears throat> everything, how to do keywords, how to do backlinking strategies, how to do local SEO keywords that will people will search and find you for, how to compete, how to rank your stuff, how to uh, create content on that, whatever, all the things that you're optimizing for, just for, as an example, um, you're helping that pizza shop get on the map in, you know, New York City or whatever, you know, some specific place. And you're thinking, okay, this person needs that. They don't know this, and I can help them. And I help them for free, and you help another person or a low cost, and then you have two or three case studies and testimonials, and you can build from there because you have other people saying, yeah, this guy does a great job. He's got the skill to do this, and he's done this and that and this and that for these results of our company. And then you take that to an, another potential client, and then you start charging for that. And then that's how you can build it, you know. But that's just one micro example for one micro uh, business model and a micro section of um, a skill set. But that's an example because you can actually take it as solving somebody's problem, and you're outwardly focused because everybody thinks of themselves first. So if you play that as a third person and you pitch them as them looking out for themselves, which everybody does, then that's where you can actually make money because it's a profitable exchange. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> for sure and i think yeah i think you should also you know if you if you try if you are trying to make money online i think you got to pick something that you're passionate about and not necessarily something which you think is going to make a lot of money or is going to make the most money um, so if you start with something that you're passionate about and you start with something that you are interested in learning more about and therefore in the future you will be able to give more value on because you're simply just learning it all the time just because you you love it right and um Right. I mean, I've seen it both ways because it depends on what you're, you know, what you're passionate about. But a lot of people also, the same thing kind of goes back to what you're passionate about it is, is clouding your vision into your own reality and your own desires. So like I started there, but the first business I had, I didn't have any, I didn't, I didn't care about it at all, but it made the most money that I probably have ever made so far with the, with that specific business model, at least with the drop shipping. And I was able to sell that site. So it's like for that site, I didn't even care. But then when I, when I like it more, and I start making money and I get good at it, then yeah, it becomes another one of my passions because like you said, you want to be learning everything you can. You want to be absorbing it and you get, you get so much more knowledge and it's so much more fun because you get results and when those results start coming in, then that comes in, um, in, a, in another layer where you're like, okay, this is, I'm, I'm passionate about it now and I'm successful with it and I'm adding value. Then that's where you can kind of line those three things up and, and really get a win. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think if it, if you weren't getting results with a, with the first business that you you didn't care about, I think you'd be you'd give it up much more easily than the one that you were passionate about, right? So that's that's a that's a big thing for anyone who's trying to build an online business. And the other thing is, like you said, 
giving away some of your value for free, like you said, the SEO service, you could do it for free the first couple of times to build a reputation for yourself and to learn more about it. I gave, I mean, I give, you know, I put out, most of my content is free, right? So it's yeah. like... You, you're a monster, bro. You, you turn out <laughs> loads of content, bro. It's insane. I'm still, I'm still it's, shocked uh, by the the caliber and the level, um, the frequency specifically of how much content you're putting out. Yeah, it's like... It's I all mean, free value. Because I run an online magazine, you know, the, the, all the blog posts are free. Um, I now have the podcast, which I'm trying to build up, and I'm trying to put out videos on Facebook and get into YouTube a little bit more, and especially when I start traveling again, I'll start doing more of the vlogs. Um, but the majority, the majority of it is free, and I think the thing is, I've, I've done that, and I've kind of focused on that side of things purely because I want to build an impact and build my reach and you know reach millions of people and mm-hmm. once you kind of like where the people go the money will follow like you you don't have to be so concerned in the beginning with making money like if you if if the reach is improving if you're generating a lot more traffic then you can start to optimize that and you can start to look at you know how you're going to monetize that and that's basically what I've done and I'm now coming in to more into product creation, um, but I still make I'm able to make a living off you know display ads and things like that, which is from my free content, right? It's not from people having to pay. Yeah. So that's a really good point. Um, aside from making money, aside from business, aside from anything like that, the travel is a whole other side of being a digital nomad, right? It's a whole different thing. There's a whole other set of issues and things like that. And I run into a lot of people who say they really want to travel. They say it's their dream, but they're scared. Maybe scared of solo traveling because it's uncomfortable. There's new situations going on. They don't, you know, they're not used to it, right? How did how how did you get on when you first started solo traveling? And what advice do you have for people that might be a little bit scared? to get out of their comfort zone and to start doing it on their own. Yeah, for sure, dude. And uh, like you said, I mean, really is a different, a completely different ball game because you're, there's, that's two parts of the word, you're nomad and you're digital, whatever. So digital, you have to figure out how to make money. Uh, already stressful, already like a lot of work. And then on top of that, you're a nomad trying to figure out, you know, how to trick the world. So uh, yeah, dude, I don't know. Like when I started, I was scared as hell. I was seriously scared out of my pants. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I just decided that my fear, I think it's Bill Cosby who said like the, the desire that you have for something has to be greater than the fear you have for it. And I kept thinking of that. And that was the thing that I, that got me through it. Cause I was like, this is, I want this so bad that I don't really care about the fear because it's like, it's an uncomfortable thing. Um, and I was just reading a little bit. I read a lot, but I was reading, um, the book of war of art recently. And it's talking about how, if you're scared of something, you really should do it unless it's stupid. And Actually, I was reading the four-hour work week right before I decided to make the jump, and um, Tim Ferriss helped me actually with that when his writing because he was saying, yeah, the same exact thing. He's like, you should probably tattoo this on your forehead. If you're scared of something, you need to do it because it's telling you that that's what you're supposed to do to grow, and it's telling you that that's the thing that you need to push you over the edge um, to conquer your fear, and also because you're passionate and you love that thing whatever it is, you know, if it's travel or whatever, it's in your mind and, and there's a reason that you're scared of it. If you weren't scared of it, there would be no reason to do it at all. And if you weren't scared of it, it wouldn't have any impact for you to, to grow with. I mean, there's no point. Like, why would you be scared of something that you don't want? Um, so it's kind of like stepping into that uh, reality for yourself and really 
figuring out where your desires lie. I mean, do you really want it? You really want to travel? Do you really want to live online and live this life and go through the ups and downs and the inevitable struggles to be a successful entrepreneur? Like, how bad do you really, really want it? Because if you don't, then you're just playing in an amateur league and you're, you're kidding yourself. Like, give it up now. Honestly, I mean, it's not it's not the life for everybody. But if you're serious about making this happen and you're ready to roll, then you need to jump into it and you need to go through it. Even if you don't think you have enough money, even if you don't think you can figure it out, whatever, you gotta like you're gonna be forged out of steel from doing this type of stuff if you're if you're just figuring it out because you must make money and you must pay the rent and you must buy food. Um, so if you don't figure that out, you know it's a it's a big pill to swallow or it's a heavy it's heavy load for most people and I don't think a whole lot of people are built for it which is completely okay it's not like everybody has to do this dude it's like it's kind of unconventional but you're going to go through the struggles you're going to go through ups and downs but you're also going to experience the sheer bliss of like bringing your own terms to your life and having the control and having the freedom that you create for yourself bit by bit because you're the one that's creating it all and it's all up to you so it's a delicate balance it's really bittersweet and it's not perfect but i don't know man i, I just decided to do it and i was going to do it and i figured it out and I've been broke more times than I can count. I mean, it's an up and down thing. I've, I've had 10 grand in the bank where it's just like deposited in one day from my, my winnings, you know, like my business winnings. Or I've woken up to 500, 1,000 bucks a day every single day for my e-commerce products and private labeling. And then it's like just almost all net profit. And I'm just like, okay, high rolling, everything is working well. And I've also scraped by in Vietnam and Saigon where I had 100 bucks and I had to like basically scrape by and, and figure out other ways that – don't even want to talk about like not like I'm ashamed of it, but it's just like this is my lowest moments where I had to just figure out how to get money and how to do what I needed to do to actually buy the, the groceries that I needed for that week or pay the rent or something, you know. So like people don't even know about it except for my close friends. But like that's what you do. That's what you have to do. You got to get the money. You got to work um, on the business and you got to do some stuff for other people. Maybe it's like low grade, low pay work or whatever uh, for someone's business or something that just, you know, is almost like beneath you because you know so much more of that. Then, it, then they're paying you or something, but you got to do what you got to do because it's an opportunity to buy groceries, you know. So that's not really for everybody. Um, so if you're if you're feeling fearful, like, and you're ready to roll, then you should actually go do it because there's it's, it's going to happen uh, regardless. I mean, there's no way to line up all the green lights for like four miles ahead on a road trip. You're going to have to just take the first step and then figure it out piece by piece, and it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and even money aside, even if you've saved up like a bunch of money just just to go traveling for a short period of time, you're even you're still gonna have a lot of what you've just said is still gonna come into it. And I think for me, like my my the first place that I went to on my own was uh, Thailand, um, Phuket, and I arrived there at like 8 p.m. and I just walked outside. This guy was supposed to be picking me up and taking me to his apartment that I was renting. And I, there was just like a swarm of taxi drivers outside, man. And I was completely out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And I couldn't see his car. I had no idea what was going on. I had no signal to text him. Um, and luckily, I saw it like across the road. <laughs> I saw him across the road. And, you know, a lot of them look, a lot of faces, they just kind of blur together when you get there. And, um, yeah. yeah. But I think the thing is, once you get into it, um, and like, once you start moving from country to country and you start kind of i'd say like living quite quickly like like things are things are moving quickly right you're doing new yeah. things every single day once yeah. you get used to that it's like no problem like any yeah. new situation that's uncomfortable you're just like eh i've, I've been in this before i've done <laughs> i've done these kinds of things before these situations so yeah. 
It's like it's like at the level you're like I'm comfortable with this level of discomfort. In other words, you know, my friend talks about it. How one of my good friends, he's like, you know, two years out abroad, living full time abroad is basically like four years back at home because you develop yourself so much, you grow quickly, you meet all these people, you learn all these different types of, I don't know, religions and belief systems, uh, just like different people's styles, people's mannerisms, like acts, actions, and the things that people say, like. It's so it's yeah, just it just exposes you. I met people from all over the world, man. Literally, like everywhere: Germany, France, uh, Brazil, Colombia. I mean, all the Asian countries you can imagine at all, like Europe, uh, the Netherlands, like England, U.S. Obviously, Canada. And honestly, it's kind of funny because it's the least Americans out here, the least United States people out abroad. Because I don't know, sixty percent or something like that of us don't even have passports. So yeah, just I don't know, man. I would definitely. It depends on how bad you want it, and if you're willing to tolerate all that stuff. And if you're not, then it's probably not for you. But if you're if you're fearful of it, but you still want to do it, then you got to do it. Yeah, well said, man. Well said. And I think we've I think we've <laughs> we've kind of covered a few downsides that may occur from being a digital nomad. Um, is there is there any other issues that you've had which should really be pointed out? Because it's not all sunshine and rainbows, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are there any? Yeah, issues? Of course. Of course. I mean, like, I think that a lot of people try to sell this lifestyle to other people. Like I said, I, that's why I don't like to associate myself a whole lot with digital nomads, like, or whatever. I mean, like, it's the, what people do out here, but I don't like to call myself that because it's like a lot of people market it in a different way and try to make it like, uh, yeah, it's all perfect and sunshine and rainbows and whatever. I sit on the beach in Thailand and just mess around and just make money. And it's like, it's really not that. And I never expected it to be that, but it's like, I, I wish someone would have told me what could happen in the bad way so they're not just trying to sell me their book or their course or whatever on how to be a digital nomad or whatever um but i would definitely recommend that you save enough money like that means at least like five to ten k usd in the bank because it's like if you don't have that it's going to be a struggle it's kind of like an uphill battle i mean things happen you need visas you need a, an active passport you need flight tr uh, flight trips you need accommodation you need food you need water. You know, you need water every single day. If you're going to be down in uh, Southeast Asia, you need to drink at least like two or three wa uh, liters a day. And it's not expensive, but it's like you have to have these things that to add up. You know, you got to pay for your rent and your um, uh, utilities and everything and everything that you're going to buy uh, aside from that. You know, maybe if you're going to have a motorbike, you got to pay for that and gas, you know, um, and all the things that you need, you're going to you're going to need the cash. You know, you need the float. So you're not in a desperate panic state because it's really not a great place to be, especially when you're trying to build a business. And you have this headspace that's super cluttered and really stressed. And I mean, I've been there. It's, it really sucks. Um, so, I, you know, if I was going to do anything different, I would definitely save a little bit more money than I did before I came over here. I think I had like three grand. And it's just like, you know, it worked for a while. But all I did was six months of just grinding, head down, build my first business. And I knew that I was going to go over there and not have to do any other work but besides that. So that's what I had my six months of savings or whatever for. And I was for Thailand. And, and that really worked. Um, but, yeah, man, like <clears throat> I would definitely save more money. That's one thing. And then also just be a little bit more accustomed to the country that you're going to visit because, like, don't read up all crazy about everything, you know, because a lot of people have negative experiences and a lot of people just are kind of negative people that are going to spread a lot of negative stuff about countries. But there are very real dangers and very real uh, concerns that you need to recognize when you're going to different countries. Um, a lot of people get, you know, uh, in some trouble when they're drinking and they're down south in Thailand or whatever and drinking in bars and, and people have gotten actually killed because, like, you know, there's been hits and put on different things and, or, I don't know, man, there's a whole lot of things, a whole lot of different things that I'm not even going to go into that I don't really want to talk about because I don't want to, I don't want to be like associating with that negative energy, but like, there's a lot of things in, in different countries where, especially, you know, like you're from the UK, I'm from the US, like police are pretty much like the top dogs in the street and so they kind of run stuff and we kind of respect their, 
authority or whatever because we know that we could actually get in trouble and if, if something happens we actually would because it would happen because they would go investigate it and all the processes and systems are in there right everything that you know kind of goes down like that and keep it fairly ordered right when you go to a place like southeast asia it's like the the, the police and the government and whatnot they're, they're very like it's a lot more lax and a lot of things that uh don't really it doesn't really matter especially if you're a foreigner you kind of wouldn't get the upper hand um so looking you're really in other words you're looking out for yourself and you're looking out for your own back in uh, in Asia and different places in South America for sure, like you're on your own. So you need to know either how to defend yourself or how to keep yourself uh, in in safe areas, safer areas. How to navigate, how to you know just be smart, be smart. Um, and so if you know that type of stuff and you don't like you know you don't you're not out drinking late and all going crazy on these crazy places that you're not supposed to be at and you know beer or bar hopping or whatever in the in the areas where you know stuff is going down after midnight and whatnot, uh, just be careful, be smart, and, and keep yourself out of trouble. Like, I don't know, I'm not really a big drinker or party or anything like that, so I've never really had a whole lot of issues with that, but I know that a lot of people are, and I know that when when alcohol and uh, different countries and whatnot and different people and a bunch of foreigners are all in one place, then a lot of times things can go down, and um, it's just something to be aware of, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, yeah. I love to encourage people to to go to all these places, and if you run an online business, to at least you know live there and for a few months and try it. But you've also got to be aware of a lot of things, and that is, you know, number one, you've always got to respect the locals and respect the laws of the country you're in. Um, yeah, it's just simple. It's just common sense, man. You don't go down any mysterious alleyways at night. Yeah. Um, just common sense ain't that common anymore, you know. Yeah, well, exactly, man. That's the thing. And I mean, I've been pulled over multiple times by police in in Bali and in Thailand and wherever. And the thing is, like, it's it's very different. Um, they will yeah. bring up a load of different fines, but you you will end up, you know, just paying them like seventy five cents or something, and they'll let you off the hook. But that's not. You shouldn't take that for granted, and you shouldn't you know, just do things against the law just because you think you can get away with it in these places, because that's yeah. really not the case. And you know, a lot of people end up in trouble. So, I mean, there are negatives, there are things you have to be aware of, but overall, it is positive, and you've just got to just have common sense and just be like aware, you know? Yeah. And so it's the main thing. I mean, like I think it was Mark Devine who wrote a book called Unbeatable Mind, and it's all about the. Uh, or one of it, one one part. He's an ex Navy SEAL. And one part of it is, it is like the yellow, orange, and red state. And uh, yellow is like the the area in your head where you need to be all calm and all observant, and everything is cool at, at all times. Like literally at all times, just be on a yellow, uh, on guard. You know, check people's facial expressions, check the vibe of the place you you're at, uh, check people who are running the place or whatever, and then the facility that you're in. You know how people are feeling, how people are kind of looking around and thinking or whatever. Just observe. And then orange is like when something happens, you know, like, you know, someone throws a bottle or something crazy or whatever. That's like an elevated state where, you know, you need to watch out and then maybe get yourself out of the situation and like be really be like ready to roll, ready to fight. Right. Or whatever. Or protect yourself. And then red is that next level where it's like, uh, you know, all out mayhem. Like you need to you need to get yourself out of the situation or defend yourself or whatever, or protect your belongings and your individual and the people you're with and whatnot and uh, make sure you arrive to different places safely and whatnot. So I think that like keeping the yellow state at all times, uh, watching people and watching their expressions and how they move and walk and like how people are uh, talking in, in groups and circle, circles and whatnot and who's communicating with who and whatnot. I think it's really important that you know that and you know like who's in the room or who's in your environment. You kind of just are careful of yourself. And uh, that's a good metaphor that I learned about that. And just kind of like this, stay in the yellow and just be aware, you know. 
Like as most people walk around in a fog and it's, a, it's this days that it's kind of very dangerous for themselves, even though most places, you know, in the world are going to be like, all right, you know, most people are hanging out with their kids, their family or whatever. There's women around. It's not really a threat or whatever. Um, but like, you know, anything could happen at any time. So just being smart, being, being aware and being heads up about stuff. Yeah. And, and yeah. And lastly, just like kind of your attitude as well, because the thing is, a lot of these negative reviews that you hear on the internet about certain countries, certain places that people have been, it's not necessarily the country or the people there. It's more or less what they have done and they've just kind of been a little bit stupid and then kind of had a bad experience. Um, yeah. In a lot of cases. Not always, but hey, it is what it is. Yeah, man. So, I mean, I remember this one time, or is this a quick antidote, but this guy had like, he got smashed in the head with a brick or whatever in Saigon and it's like, there was a whole leading up thing, you know, everyone was kind of split down the middle because this is a big debate online or whatever. And it's like someone got smashed in the head with a brick on the, at this bar or whatever. And then it's like he thinks that it was just completely like, you know, innocent. And he didn't do anything, which may have been right at all, you know, completely right. But the other side of people thinking of it is like, what did you do to do that? Because it's like there's, I've been in Asia for a long time. The whole thing about Asia is just like save face. Like, be, be a cool person. Just be chill. You know, be laid back. Don't don't fight. Don't make all these scenes and whatever. Uh, do the whole save face thing. So if you're saving face and you're being cool and chill and going with the flow, then not a whole lot of stuff happens unless someone is really, like, out of their element, which is rare. So, yeah, man, it's just being, a, being aware and, like, being cool with the customs. Like you're saying, like, you got to know what country you're going into and how kind of people, like, react and, and, and do things. And just adapt to that. Just be a chameleon. You know, if you're going to be a nobad, you've got to be like sort of a chameleon. <laughs> yeah, man, definitely. And you know what? People are super friendly in Asia oh, yeah. as a whole. Like way, way friendlier than in the UK or in the US. So, yeah. but you know, if you, if you annoy them, if you get on the wrong side of them, then you're in their country. So you're going to have a problem. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, so next question. I think we pretty much... I think we pretty much covered this in some of your other answers, but I was going to ask you what your source of motivation is. And I think it's like you said before, it's that you didn't want to be stuck in that kind of nine to five grind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a, there's like two main motivations that pretty move, move all humans, like based, you know, based on our evolutionary psychology, it's like running away from fear and pain and running towards benefit and pleasure. And we're hardwired to believe that, you know, running away from pain and fear is a hundred times more effective and more, uh, you know, threat worthy, you know, because it's like in the older days when we were hunter gatherers for hundreds of thousands of years, we're looking back behind us. So there's no, you know, hunting, you know, someone's trying to hunt us or some predator or some other tribe or whatever. Uh, we're way more um, wired to run away from all that. And instead of running towards pleasure and, you know, because food is available, we can do our own hunts, we can hunt and gather and all that. Um, it's just a simple, it's a simple mindset shift. So for me, that was always the first, yeah, that mindset of, of running away from the, that job or being locked in the grind for the rest of my life, and I never wanted to do that. But now that I'm at the level where I'm financially stable and independent and I've been making my own money for two and a half years or whatever, I mean, I'm not really, I'm out of that. I've been out of that for a long time. I know I'm going to have to never, I'm never have to go back to that. And if I do go back to that, it'll just be very short. But I mean, it's not even in my game plan. I'm not even going to do that. Worst case scenario, I'll just like catch some work from another entrepreneur friend I know or some connection in my network where I can just do some short time stuff, add value to their business and then get out again because I'm back on my own feet or whatever. And I've had to do that many times as well. Um, so that's not really the motivation for me as well anymore. 
because now I just want to touch millions of lives, just like you. We're on a very similar mission, and you're, you know, Wealthy Gorilla is crushing it with the traffic and the content. Like, really, I applaud you. You're doing very well with that stuff. So, um, and I also you've helped me rank other articles and whatnot on my site too. So, really appreciate that as well. Um, but it's like, you know, I don't. I just want to touch millions of lives. I want to help people dial their mindset. The mindset is so important and so vital that I think that most people don't even start out with that. They just start trying to make a business and this and that, and then it fails or they sabotage themselves just like I did. I became very stressed and depressed in my first business because I didn't I didn't really have any of this mindset concept down. So now now that's what I talk about and teach at Motive Emotion because it's like it's really was a mess for me and now I'm making that my message. So it's like make your mess your message because that's my biggest motivation. So like other people need to hear the stuff of the mindset and psychology coaching. And so that's why I work with select clients on um, psychology coaching and evolution coaching so they can become the best version of themselves and actually tackle this lifestyle and get whatever they want. Um, and even with my consulting clients for copywriting or graphic design and branding, I'm actually giving them more back-end value about this mindset and visualization stuff because people don't even know where they're going. They don't have the clarity. They don't think about it. They just want to crush business, and that's not really realistic until you master yourself and you're, you're having that self-mastery and you're ready. Uh, so that's like my biggest motivation because it's like uh, people need to know that, and if they know that, their whole life can turn around very, very quickly and very positively, and then they can affect other people with their own message of you know organic food or you know like uh, whatever it is, yoga retreats or um, physical therapy or whatever they're trying to do you know, in their uh, organic farming or something, whatever people are passionate about, like we were talking about at the beginning of the call, then they can go out and do that. So if I can get that seed and be the seed behind that and plant all these things in people's minds, then I can affect way more change and positive movement than I could ever do my, on my own. And so that is like a super big motivation for me where it's very exciting. Perfect answer, man. Love it. <clears throat> before we uh, before we wrap this up, you know, you've been to a lot of places. Do you have a particular favorite? Oh man, I love Thailand, bro. Thailand's definitely got my heart um, because I've lived in Chiang Mai for a long time. Um, I love Vietnam. I mean, Saigon is cool. I lived in the Trang for a while too. I mean, these places around, you know, Da Nang, the Lat, these are cool places around the world. Um, and, I, and Bali is sweet too. I never really actually got the chance to do Bali like real talk because I was in South Kuta. It's not really the same as, you know, like Ubud or Chengdu. So I'll probably go back there soon as well. Um, check that out and give it a real fair shot. But Thai people are some of the most um, warm and honest, like kind people that I've ever met in my life. Um, they're really sweet, and um, I really love Thailand a lot. And I speak pretty decent Thai, so I can get along with the locals, and um, I can just understand a little bit about their life and like tell them about where I'm from, and like we can kind of talk about that. And um, yeah, I mean, I honestly, just um, yeah, Thailand is, is so cool because it's like. It's got this, it's kind of different, like I'm not really a fan of the south as much because I'm not really like a partier or whatever, I'm not really drinking out there and whatnot, so a lot of the southern islands, like the same with Vietnam, the southern places, um, they're really salesy because they want to, you know, they're a bunch of foreigners, like millions of foreigners coming through every single year, and they're just like, you know, they're adapted to that. I mean, the Russians, or sorry, uh, the Vietnamese in the south of Vietnam or southeast, uh, they speak Russian because so many Russians come through um, and so it's sort of different cities, and so it's kind of funny to see that, you know, but um, when in Chiang Mai or in the north, you know, Chiang Rai or different places around um, northern Thailand as well or even Bangkok, people are very sweet and nice, and they're not super, like, <clears throat> super salesy or whatever. They're just warm and friendly, and so I really, I really like Thailand. It's got that Buddhist under, undertone, um, Wats. They're called Wats. They have, like, temples everywhere, um, all this gold, you know, all the orange-robed monks walking around in the morning with their bowls. Uh, the mountains are there, and like this music is being played from different places, and, um, a different style, a different vibe, and so I really like that a lot. So, oh yeah, yeah, super friendly people, man. 
Um, and there's a there's a lot of great places to visit. And like you said, the other thing I want to point out is that, um, you know, when people kind of like look up places to go, sometimes you kind of you won't quite you you kind of look up places based on what other people are looking for. And some a lot of people are like looking for party scenes and things like that. And when I first went to Bali, I picked Kuta as one of my main places and um, to go and visit and the reason for that was because I'd heard such a big hype about it and the thing was like once I get there, get there I realise it's all just tourists and all people just looking to literally party all night and yeah. just do some shopping and go by the <laughs> yep. beach and, that. and I actually moved I actually I met a girl from I went to this beach party with these Spanish guys and um, I met a girl, a local girl, who lives in Semenyak, which is literally like 20 minutes north of Kuta. And uh, she said she was going to show me around and I was like, yep, yeah, cool. So I went over one day and I was like, this is a completely different area. Like, this is so much nicer, so much quieter. The restaurants are nicer. The cafes are nicer. you got your supermarkets, your gym, your, your nice beaches and like the difference that like a 20 minute drive made so i mean yeah even if you get discouraged by like one place in the beginning just like kind of explore and kind of have a look around and uh, you might you know find somewhere close by which is completely different atmosphere yeah and that's the beauty of it dude i mean i've been to kuda as well it's like very salesy and like everyone's trying to pitch you something on the street rides or you know drugs or prostitutes or money or whatever like it's like it's crazy you know food and whatever everyone's trying to hustle you for some money and that's how it is when they're the influx of tourists. That's just what it is because they adapt. They know they have the money and they know they're down to spend it and I know a lot of them are drunk or whatever so they can get, you know, easy, whatever it is, you know, you can convince them to do whatever. Um, so it's kind of like a different way. Same same with Saigon, Bangkok, anywhere that's a huge place uh, where a lot of people are coming in, especially foreigners and tourists um, because they know how to sell and they're pretty good salesmen. They're pretty aggressive, you know, so uh, yeah, bro, I, I agree with that. I would love to check out different places in Bali as well just to give it a fair shot because Indonesia, I haven't really um, spread a whole lot of time there. Um, but yeah, absolutely. That's the beauty of it too. You can kind of pick up and go wherever you want and see if you you instantly feel a vibe with different places. So if you feel more connected with a certain spot and it's that emotional sort of connection that you have with it, then cool, you know, just explore it and uh, feel what's up and study a little bit more, talk to the locals about it. And yeah, it's great, dude. For sure, man. Last question. Finally, where can people learn more about you and learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, so check out motiveinmotion.com. I'm sure there's going to be links or whatever in the description, but um, motiveinmotion.com. And then, of course, you can check the channel. Um, YouTube, I have a channel that is dropping weekly videos, uh, youtube.com backslash or forward slash, rather, motiveinmotion. Um, another way to find that is, yeah, for, forward slash C, forward slash motiveinmotion as well. It's like channel. Um, and then if you just check out motiveinmotion.com, you can check out all the social media. So I'm on Instagram. Um, active on Instagram and a little bit of Twitter, but more on Instagram and dropping just valuable nuggets about direct response marketing, copywriting, design, uh, business building, you know, whatever it is, travel and sharing a little bit of my lifestyle. And then that's where you can also find the YouTube channel as well. And then my stories on the, on the page. So yeah, just, uh, yeah, for sure, man. We'll, uh, we'll drop some links in there, the, uh, the bottom of the, the podcast. So uh, thank you very much for listening, guys. Listen, it's been a great episode. Um, it's probably about going to be about 40, 45 minutes long. And, you know, we've talked about Digital Nomad. We've talked about making money online, giving value, the mindset behind 
travel and the mindset behind being able to live abroad and work from a laptop and achieve the laptop lifestyle. We've also talked about some of the downsides and some of the things you have to be careful about. You know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. There are difficulties that you will experience um, when trying to live abroad because, listen, not everybody does it and it's not tailored to the average workaday person. So, Thank you very much for listening, guys. I will see you soon with another episode of the Wealthy Griller podcast. Got a bunch of awesome people lined up. And Evan, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Absolutely, brother. Until next time. All right, guys. See you later.